It's the In the Money podcast for Saturday, April 22nd at Keeneland. Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. We'll take a look at the late pick four that starts in race seven. There are two stakes races, so we'll begin with those. And Jim, first up's the grade two Elkhorn at a mile and a half on the turf course, four-year-olds and up. And it's a race that uh, Mike Maker's done quite well in. He has two of the leading contenders in here. Where are you landing? Well, I landed on one of his contenders, Value Engineering, uh, for the win. But I'm going to go really deep in the pick four. I think this is one of the best-matched fields uh, of the meet. Um, I think you can, you can throw out a couple of horses, uh, maybe the outside two uh, and the six, shoddy, shoddy, shoddy. But I can make a case for the rest of them. Uh, value Engineering comes off the a mile and three-eighths win in the Mac Diamarta at Gulfstream. Uh, has one has run the distance in the McKnight, only got beat by a lane. Uh, to Maker's other horse, who I'm going to pick second here, Red Knight. I think Maker has a chance to get first and second. But there's a lot of other quality horses here, including Channel Maker coming out of the McKnight, uh, ran here in the Breeders' Cup turf, ran seventh, but was right there at the top of the stretch. Uh, Rising Empire for Brendan Walsh with a 99 buyer last time out at Fairgrounds at a mile and eight, stretching out to a mile and a half. As I mentioned, Red Knight. And then House Street's interesting to me as well for Jorge Abreu. Uh, this horse has only raced three times and uh, hadn't had a bad race yet. Uh, lightly raced, only got to the races as a three-year-old one time and uh, almost broke his maiden, came back and broke his maiden at Gulfstream this uh, January and came back and followed that up with an impressive optional claiming win. This one's pretty good to jump into a grade two, but obviously they think he's ready and they think House Street um, uh, and Mike and uh, Flavian Pratt uh, gets them out. So 10 to 1 probably is an overlay on that horse. And then highest honors for Jed, Chad Brown, just because it's Chad Brown and I read or, a red or teeth. So I'm going to go six deep here in the pick four. Um, a lot of evenly matched horses here. A lot, a lot of them you can make where I'm sure you're going to single, though, right? I don't think so, no. But <laughs> we do have the same top two. I have uh, Value Engineering first over Red Knight. Uh, value Engineering... That last race was his best, that 99 buyer. And it was the third start for Maker. And we've just seen this happen so many times where Maker gets one of these horses and they just gradually improve and become top-notch uh, marathon turf stars. So I think this uh, could be happening with this horse. Red Knight has won here, which Value Engineering hasn't. Uh, Value Engineering has not been on the Keeneland turf course before. Red Knight has run well here, so uh, that's a big plus for him. So I kind of think one of those two uh, is going to take this. Um, but another mystery is a live player, I think, at a price. Six top threes at a mile and a half, and you got a 15-1 to one on the morning line. A rising Empire, big improvement last time for Walsh. So that horse could just be getting good. Um, I think uh, the, those two are live contenders. I think House Street, uh, you make a good point there, I, I tend to lean against horses with uh, such uh, so much less experience than the top ones in here, but uh, that 92 buyer last time was strong. If he uh, makes another move forward, he's got to be right there. But uh, I have value engineering on top in the Elkhorn. In the ninth race, it's the grade three Ben Ally back on the main track, and it's four-year-olds and up at a mile and three-sixteenths. This used to be a mile and an eighth for a long time, but uh, I think trademark is a little dangerous at a price here. Six to one on the morning line. Horse is second off the layoff for the Vicky Oliver barn that excels with second off the layoff types. This horse ran his best race on this track. Really got good last fall as a, a three-year-old. 
has some early speed, which is a big plus. But, you know, this horse won here. They went down and won at Churchill. And then uh, we talked to Vicki Oliver for the Today at Keeneland show. And uh, they she had a different plan for his comeback race scheduled. Uh, some There was a minor setback, and so they had to play catch-up. And so just uh, draw a line through that race at, at Tampa. That was just a prep. This is the race that she's pointed for for this horse. And I, I think he'll run very well. Now, it may not be good enough to win, but uh, I think trademark's dangerous in this spot. Rattle and roll's a little intriguing to me with that 100 buyer off a layoff, a horse that's won here for Kenny McPeak. And uh, this horse has certainly flashed some talent in the past, so might be getting back to his best level. Uh, Skippy Longstocking, the four, is uh, certainly an understandable favorite, but I, I don't know that uh, he has a big edge on these, and you're going to be getting a low price in that situation. Pioneer of Medina, uh, if you get if uh, he gets back to that 103 buyer from December 31st or the 99 on February 18th, I think he's a player. Um, so any one of those four, I could see winning this, but I took trademark on top. How about you? I have the same four. Um, I did take Skippy Longstocking on top, but I don't like the price, and I don't think that – I think he's the most the most likely winner, but I don't think it's anywhere close to a slam dunk here. I like Trademark as well, and if you get something like 6-1 to one with Vicky Oliver at Keeneland, uh, that's a good price because she always points for this, this meet. You get Bayerano riding for her, and um, the horse comes off a, a, a disappointing effort in the Challenger at Tampa, ran behind Skippy Longstocking but probably needs that race after a layoff from November, and I think we'll be much better in a second off a layoff. And you made a good point on that Keeneland race back here in the fall, won by three and three quarters in a optional $125,000 claiming race that was not maybe not quite as tough as this one, but a, an upper-level optional claimer. So um, that was the best race of his career, and I would not be surprised if he repeats that. you got to use Pioneer Medina just for Todd Fletcher and Gaffleon and very consistent horse in his own right, including a 103 buyer in the Harlan's Holiday at Gulfstream in December. And uh, I'm going to use Rattle and Row, a um, couple of triple-digit buyers in his background, Kenny McPete, Hernandez, um, lots of things to like there. So I think it's between those four, but I think you might need to go four deep to get to pick four. Let's go to race seven, which starts the pick four. It's an uh, allowance race for non-winners of two lifetime. There are three-year-old fillies going Six furlongs. There's an even money favorite in here in the uh, seven. Uh, can you beat her? Well, I think there's a possibility, but I thought that she was the most likely single in the sequence. So, uh, yes, I think Unsung Melody, excuse me, for John Ortiz, has a shot at leading them wire to wire. But Socially Selective is perfectly drawn on the outside. She's shown an ability to rate, um, got beat in the Purple Martin last time out, uh, at Oakland, that was her first time against winners after she broke her maiden by seven and a quarter at Saratoga last summer. So they had high hopes for this one. She obviously didn't didn't pan out last fall. She might have had an issue, but uh, the Purple Martin was a good prep for this, and the horse that won that came back and won. So socially selective is, is my pick in here. Uh, the only thing that I would worry about is that Unsung Melody looks like the only speed. And um, that, I mean, the horse... The seven horse uh, is going to have to track, and but I read is so good at that. So I, I'm going to I'm going to single socially selective. If I went too deep, I would certainly use unsung melody as well. Yeah, I think socially selective certainly is the one to beat off that second to Kia Life last month. But 
I had uh, unsung melody on top for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. And this horse was only beaten three-quarters of a length by Punchbowl, who was one of the favorites in the Ashland at the start of this beat. Uh, this horse has had three works here for John Ortiz. And you, the, you may get every bit of that three to one because Socially Selective obviously will take a ton of money. And then Devious Stairs, the four, is from Wesley Ward's barn and won his her debut by five at Turfway. And the Turfway horses have run well. So I have to think that horse will take some money. And Unsung Melody might uh, not drop to the level that she probably should be. She might be a little bit of an overlay if you can get three to one. So uh, that one intrigues me because I think she has a, a big shot, maybe bigger than the odds suggest, to beat Socially Selective. So I'm just going to use those two when we get to the pick four. But I have sung, uh, Unsung Melody on top. The tenth race is an allowance race. Uh, the conditions are uh, a little complicated, but essentially it's a non-winners of two other than four-year-olds and up on the turf at five and a half. Where did you land here? It is a non-winners of two other than. Uh, a lot of horses have got uh, multiple victories in here. I landed on Smoking Jay. For Kelsey Danner, 95 buyer last time out on the turf at Gulfstream uh, would probably take this. Uh, you never know about that turf at Gulfstream. It's so firm, and then they come up here, and it's a little more plush. But um, I'm going to use Smoking Gray. can also use uh, Just Might on the outside for Michelle Lovell, the 10 horse. Got taken off the turf last time out at Fairgrounds, but by far um, his best races have been on the turf, including a 102 buyer back in January at fairgrounds. So very consistent horse. Um, so I, I think that Michelle Lovell usually has her horses ready. She's been cold in 2023, but maybe this one gives her her uh, first or second Keelan victory. She did one, one, one the first weekend of the meet. Uh, Smoking Jay, uh, no balls. Uh, that that amply named gelding uh, for uh, Larry Ravelli has Six lifetime wins out of 12. I've got to use him in here. And I'm also going to use Angustine uh, for Jason Barkley. Coming off, uh, came off a long layoff last time out at Fairgrounds. The horse had been off for nearly two years and came back in a turf race with 7-1 to one and only got beat three-quarters of the length. So coming back to actually match a 92 buyer from almost two years prior and this one second back off a layoff, even though he's been off for a couple months, uh, I think he fits in here well at 10 to 1. So I'm going to go four deep in the pick four, but uh, Smoking Jay is my uh, lukewarm choice. This race, to me, was hard to decipher. I think there's a chance something unusual could happen because I, um, I've got to use Smoking Jay on my ticket, but uh, as like you, I'm uh, always a little skeptical. The Gulfstream uh, sprinters coming up here doing well. The, the horses going long and the maidens and allowances are, do exceptionally well, but not always as much with the sprinters. Just might really not run well on this turf course. So even though I think uh, he's a good horse, uh, he might be uh, a little susceptible. I ended up with Beer Can Man, a horse coming off a long layoff, but the D'Amato Barn has uh, done well with just a limited number of starters here. Pratt takes the mount, and I uh, ended up putting this one on top. But Mark of the Z at 8-1 to one really intrigued me. This horse has two wins here, which I think is, is really big in this field. I don't know that anybody else has any wins here. And this horse didn't really have a great trip when he ran here on April the 8th behind uh, Caravel and still didn't run too poorly. So uh, I think this horse is uh, one to watch for sure. Um, no balls, you mentioned, for Larry Ravelli 
Also, I'm going to use Nobody Listens, the 11, just uh, tremendous speed for that horse. And um, so speed's always dangerous in the turf sprint. So I'm going to throw that one onto my pick four ticket and, and go six deep and uh, come up with a $48 ticket. I start out with two seven, then two five, just using the two makers in the Elkhorn, then one two four five in the Ben Ally, and then finish up with two three six eight ten eleven for a $48 ticket. How did you structure your late pick four, Jim Goodman? I've got a $48 ticket as well, but it's a little bit different. I single the seven with one, two, three, five, seven, eight, with one, two, four, five, same horses that you have in the ally, and two, six, seven, ten in the finale for a $48 ticket. Fun card on Saturday with a couple of stakes races. The uh, turf pick three uh, bet starts in race five on the Saturday card. And uh, after this, just four days of racing will remain, and we'll be back for the Sunday edition of the In the Money podcast here for KeelanSelect.com.